the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Oh, if I could just go back to 1999 when the Spirit fell upon me. I didn't know about Calvinism. Arminianism, the rapture, amillennialism, postmillennialism, premillennialism, gifts of the spirit, cessationism, continuationism, eschatology, pneumatology, soterology. I just knew Christ. And then knowledge comes in, it puffs up. We get in our little camps. We like to argue the Bible more than worship God. That's a sure sign you're not a worshiper. If you like to debate this more than worship God. The reason I like to debate this is to show you my knowledge. I can, my argument can beat your argument. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today's message on regaining lost ground is titled, Worship, Cemetery, Circus, or Christ-Centered, and is a special message from the sermon series, Theology on Fire. Do you wonder what the will of God is for your life? Are your troubles and heartache constantly at your doorstep? Do unanswered prayers bring you to doubt the goodness of God? If any of these questions trouble you today, please join Pastor Shane as he brings us hope through God's living word, through this powerful message of clarity and hope. Regain lost ground today by standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. Oh boy, did I get hit with the sledgehammer when the testimony time came around. The guy who was who was just worshiping and so excited, his story is that he had stage four cancer throughout his entire body. A year ago, the doctor said you've got months and you're declining. You'll it's there's no there's no hope. And now, over a year later, free of this, worshiping God. I, you, you know you might worship a little different. I, I mean, right? Just 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 throwing it out there. You just you might worship a little bit different. The reason many don't worship is they haven't been t- powerfully touched by God. So there's not much to worship other than some lyrics on a screen because they haven't been touched by the power of God. They don't have this power, this dunamis power in the New Testament, which comes from the word dynamite. This Holy Spirit's power residing in the believer. So it shouldn't be a cemetery type environment. There should be life and health and strength. Worship must be true is the next point from John 4. Worship must be true. Posture, our posture. Oh no, I'm sorry. Our direction. Yet, Jesus said this, yet there's a time coming. He's talking to a woman that He meant. And He said there's a time coming and, and now has come when the true worshipers, the true worshipers will worship the Father and Spirit 
and in truth. For the, for the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. These are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Think about this. God is seeking worshipers. God's looking for worshipers. Okay, who am I going to find? Who am I going to fill with my spirit? Who am I going to descend upon? Who are those worshipers? The rock of Gibraltar? Or the person acting crazy who's just looked at pornography and they think they're just going to come and worship and they're planning on doing it again tonight? That kind of worshiper? No. God says, I'm looking for worshipers who are worshiping me in spirit and in truth. In power and in truth. See, this is why you can't have ecumenical movements. Can't all the different religions get together for lunch? Yes. But not for worship. Because God is looking. To me, that would be blasphemous. It's interesting. You'll watch a 14-year-old. They can't worship. Often they're bored of worship. You meet a 24-year-old, still bored of worship. You get them at 34 when they've had a few kids and they realize that their idols do not give them dividends and there's no fulfillment in life, they become worshipers. It happens. Because we realize that everything I was chasing is empty and I've been running from the one true and living God. I have to worship Him. So that's all you have to do. Listen, the, the reason many people are not affected by worship is you've got to get your mind on what God has done. And don't come in here so prideful and arrogant like I used to thinking I'm a good person. I don't need this. It's amazing. 25 years ago, I thought I was a better person than I think I am now. How, how does, where does that thinking come from? I would tell my mom, I don't need to go to church. That's for, that's for weak people, mom and women and stuff. Christ, it's, it's a crutch for those people who can't get through life. You know, big tough guy in my 20s and, you know, whoo-hoo. When life gets done with you, then you'll bow at the altar of repentance. Then you'll say, oh, you're God. You're the only true living God, and I'm not. Well, how can you not worship? I'm so excited right now. We could just keep worshiping. And you know what's sad is often, often, and this is just something I have to work through, often I come up and I won't continue in worship or do things because I'm worried about what people think. Oh, that's too much worship. Come on, we got things to do. Really? Oh, I'm not going to be able to go easy on this sermon. See, emotions, when God is moving, you are moved. That's the difference. If you're not moved in worship, is it because God's not moving in your heart? And I don't say it to rebuke, I say it to challenge. When God is stirring, you are stirred. When God is cutting, you are cut to the heart. That's why I said, and I wasn't joking, that... that a worshiper is not the rock of Gibraltar. If you don't know what that is, it's a famous huge rock. But sometimes we think that a worshiper is the rock of Gibraltar just standing there strong. No, you need to let the rock break you. You show me one true worshiper in the Bible, worshiper, that was just, just a rock of Gibraltar, not emotional. I can take you David who danced and embarrassed his wife. Don't do that if it's not in you. But I can take you to, they they would fall down in the holy presence of God. They would come in, even a man filled with demons would 
fall down and worship Christ as he came. He got up out of the boat, and this man filled with demons. How can that happen? He, they worship Jesus Christ. Anytime you come into people and you see them worshiping God, there's a posture where they're either on their face or they're lifting up holy hands, and they're worshiping. Why? Because their hands, sometimes I, I, I want to reach heaven, but I can't. This is all I can do. And or they come down, they humble themselves. This is all they can do. I went to a church I would love to do, but I think it would embarrass half of you. The rows, the pews are way back there, and they have the whole front opening during worship. People are on their face before God. They're kneeling. They're laid out prostrate. God is moving. God is setting free. There's drug addicts being healed. There's prostitutes coming for wholeness and freedom. And we in our comfortable churches think the church is just for us. We think the church is just for the dignified. The church is just for the dignified and the reserved. Be careful because that's also the characteristics of a Pharisee. If this hurts, I hope it hurts. I hope it, I hope it hurts. Because I can't preach with handcuffs on. I don't know who the tithers are and I don't care. I don't know who's not coming back again because they don't like this and I don't care. First Timothy, I want men in every place to pray and to stand quietly. No. Lifting up holy hands. And see, I don't want to, you can't force this, but to me, it's, a, it's just an act of full surrender. I can't touch heaven, but I'll try. I can't touch heaven, but I'll try. Psalm 63, 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will bless you as long as I live. You guys ready for this? The last half of that sentence? I will lift up my hands to heaven. I said, Lord, just for fun, let me just do a search here. Five times in the book of Psalms, I will lift up my hands to Almighty God. I will lift. And we think we're Mr. Tough Guy. These guys were tough guys. You ever killed an army and circumcised Philistines? No, don't. These were tough guys that would worship. They would kill men and not think twice and worship God and get excited. Moses, we, oh, we read about Joshua. Joshua was a warrior. He goes, Dan, go around this wall. When it falls down, you kill everything inside. Because we have this idea of men. Real men don't worship. No, the real men I read in the Bible worship. That's a man who's filled with the Spirit of God. They have to worship. There's no way around that. There's no, you, you try to find a loophole. I've tried. And every time I read the worshipers, I get convicted myself. And then finally, obedience and worship. This might flow into the second service. So, Obedience and worship. I have to talk about this. 1 Samuel 15, 22. It's a Scripture I read often. You'll see it up there. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the Lord? Imagine this. These people are coming. It's not easy to bring a bull or a goat, right? And you're going to sacrifice this. And look, here's the blood that's going to be covered for my family. And they, they just got rebuked. He's actually rebuking the king in this context. But he's saying the Lord doesn't care about all these sacrifices if you're being disobedient. And this one probably stood out more than all the other verses this week because I like to meditate on these. 
How many of us are coming in worshiping but staying disobedient? And we think our worship is going to bypass our disobedience and overrule it when actually the opposite is true. How many millions are worshiping God in this state right now this morning? God, why don't You answer me? God, why don't You answer me? Why don't I feel Your presence like I used to? Why, God, why am I worshiping? Ah, that's just outward. What's going on inside? See, sin has to be kept on a very short leash. Right? When God says do something, just do it. I, you know, we like to make excuses. Yeah, but they haven't really forgiven me. Yeah, that's my one little vice. But I really like that. God, won't you bypass that? And let me just come and worship. And he says, no, obey me. Listen to me. Puritan author John Owen. You can read his book on holiness if you want to be really convicted. But he said, secret lusts lie lurking in your own heart, which will never give up until they are either destroyed or satisfied. J.C. Ryle said, the true Christian hates sin. He flees from it. He fights against it. He considers it his greatest plague. He resents the burden of its presence. He mourns when he falls under its influence and he longs to be completely delivered from it. Why? Because it affects worship. The biggest thing affecting our worship service right now this morning is the sin inside the hearts. But see, it can actually be used, what the enemy is attending for evil can actually be intended for good because when a worshiper lets go of the sin they've been holding on to, then they really start to worship. You, you, might, you might see some tears flow. Is that okay? It's okay to cry, right? You, you had been, in 2009, the amount of grown men crying when the stock market crashed was alarming. Grown men, high-profile figures, not just crying, Jumping off bridges. Emotion over, over the wrong thing because of their sin. Why is this point so important? Why is this point so important that I'm talking about right now? Here's why. Our spiritual health depends upon it. Did you know that? Your spiritual health depends upon this point right here. The spiritual health of this church. Everything depends upon this. Do you cut down your spouse? Are you constantly irritated? Is your heart hard, cold, and callous? Has your passion faded? Are you rarely talking about Jesus? Is besetting sin depressing you? Is pride hindering your worship? It can. So we can come into a worship service and not worship. Talk about an oxymoron. We come into a worship service and we do not worship. And let me just give a message quickly to workers who are involved, they're busy in things. You need to be worshipers first. You need to be worshipers first. And it goes back to what we said earlier. What are you filled with? Like I said, the Rose Bowl. How can we love Taylor Swift but not Hillsong? Rap but not worship. That might not apply to this congregation, but some. Rodney Atkins singing caught up in the country, but when were you caught up in God's presence? I have to go on the internet and figure out the top 10 songs in order to be relevant. But that's, isn't that true? Why do we avoid worship services? How can we be bored in God's presence? Well, I'm going to give you an illustration I was, hold, I was holding on to until I get to the Holy Spirit 
uh, part of theology, but let me put it up here on the four silhouettes. And this is exactly what can happen. The unbeliever doesn't worship. The lukewarm person will worship if it's comfortable. I mean, if it fits their, 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 uh, their lifestyle, comfortable Christianity. Notice how you have everything but the heart and the head. They're not going to worship much. The only person that can truly worship God is the last person. Because that filled with the Spirit, it comes out of you. That's what worship is. It's an outward expression of what's going on in the heart. That's why 100,000 young adults will run to Taylor Swift, but not the church. What are they filled with? Because what you're filled with, you worship. All right, thanks, Jason. So I'm just going to close with this. Worship is the thermometer of the heart. God, make me a worshiper needs to be your prayer. Because you know you can't just do this on your own, right? Oh man, there's some good points in there. I'm going to, I'm going to try come tomorrow. I'm going to, t- tomorrow, Shane, I'm going to really try that. You're, you're already failed. You're already destined to fail. Because you have to pray, God, I've, I've not been a worshiper. I've been stoic. I've been strong. But I haven't been worshiping you. I've been prideful. I've been arrogant. I've got handcuffs on. Isn't it interesting how we express ourselves like this? A man who will never raise their hands in church, you'll see him do, wow, what are you doing? Oh, whoa, 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 what was that for? To show emphasis. Right? Kid, you just made a mess. In the, I just did that this week. You just made a mess in the backyard. Who's going to clean that up? Right? But when I get in church, oh, no, sir. Uh-uh. I got, anybody got the key for these? I'll tell you what the key is. Telling God, remove the key. And again, I'm trying to, you don't have to do anything because then it's just pushing. But there's such jumping and be heart that has to worship you. Is it okay to kneel? Is it okay to worship and express what God has done for us? And let's not forget about the weapon of worship as we go into worship in just a minute. The weapon of worship. I talked about the armor of God, but forgot about this important point. The weapon of worship, it brings light into darkness. It brings praise into depression. It brings hope into despair. And it brings joy into chaos. I double dog dare you to put on worship the next time you're in a situation. You put on that Hillsong song, old rugged cross. The old rugged cross. Who will deliver me from this body of sin and death? Oh, nothing but the cross of Christ. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let the Spirit of God come and flood this place. We, we sing these songs, but have they genuinely impacted our heart? And think about these things. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Who am I that the innocent would give his life for the guilty? Who am I that God would love me unconditionally? If that doesn't fuel worship, nothing will. Nothing will. That's how you become a worshiper. Is you see what God has done for you. We need to get off of our high horse and think we're a gift to the church. Should I just stay here a minute? I've been a Christian 30 years. I know what this is about. Oh, and then we just get caught up in our own... That's just a stench in God's nostrils. He doesn't have nostrils. He's a spirit. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But I think even grown men who have been seasoned Christians often need to come to worship as newborn children, infants, worshiping God. Sometimes I'll see my kids getting so excited over worship at home that brings me to tears. I say, God, help them not lose that simplicity. 
hearts that are touched by God. Wanting, my kids want to tell my neighbors more about Jesus than me. No, I, don't think, I don't think we should get too excited. We, I think we, that should embarrass us. They'll leave VBS and Awana telling, can I tell this person back? They're a waiter. I don't want them putting anything in my food. No, don't tell, but think about it. No, don't tell them about Jesus. No, shh, shh. But see, we have to go back to Christ with childlike faith. Oh, if I could just go back to 1999, 1999 when the Spirit fell upon me. I didn't know about Calvinism, Arminianism, the rapture, amillennialism, postmillennialism, premillennialism, gifts of the Spirit, cessationism, continuationism, eschatology, pneumatology, soterology. I, I just knew Christ. And then knowledge comes in, it puffs up. We get in our little camps. We like to argue the Bible more than worship God. That's a sure sign you're not a worshiper. If you like to debate this more than worship God. Because what, well, let me just, personal confession. The reason I like to debate this is to show you my knowledge. I can, my argument can beat your argument. And that's not worship. That's self-exalting self. Let's have the worship team come up. I don't know if I can harness my tongue much longer. In a good way though, right? You hear my heart. That's my frustration. A lot of my frustration... And a lot of my frustration, folks, is not on you. It's on me. It's on the church in general. I've been debating saying this as well, and sometimes I don't know if I should, but I actually had an email prepared for a lot of the staff, a lot of the helpers here, about 115 people helpers, and I was going to express my just disappointment on people not coming to worship mornings and Wednesday nights, even though it's a good turnout. I mean, that, that's what they were designed for. But of course, you know, with every good man is a great woman. Uh, you might want to sleep on that. <laughs> right? Just make sure you didn't have any coffee before you send it. Right? So it's still sitting in draft folder four days later. I went on a long walk. God just, just showed me we, we love the Bible, but do we love Him? He said, Shane, a lot of people at Westside love the Bible. They love my word. They love truth, but they're not worshipers. You've got to get the people to be worshipers. And he gave me a different plan. It wasn't a rebuking email. He said, you pray and you fast. And you watch what I do. So that's how I'm, I'm going to handle this. Is, and I know people are busy. People have kids. It's, I'm not talking about that. But a church this large, dedicated to the truth, loving the truth, why aren't we worshipers? People say, oh, 6.30 in the morning is too early. Okay, I'll do 6 p.m. Wednesday night. Oh, I'm busy Wednesday night. You see, you see the problem. It's not the calendar, it's the heart. Because something's a priority, it'll happen. There's some things on your calendar next week that, no, that hell or high water is not going to knock it off the calendar. You're going to get it done. You're going to do it. Why shouldn't worship be the same thing?
for God. If I could get 100 people here worshiping God, when you get up on the altar, that problem you had with the other person is gone. So I know that can cure division. I know that can cure broken marriages. I know that can cure problems, besetting sin. That's the cure. Coming here and going, oh, that's a good point, Shane. Yeah, that makes sense. That's not the cure. That, that preaching is just fueling the pump for the fire that needs to place, take place within your heart. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born to town as this. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.